it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Bunani woman, it's baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. If you sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. You won't find me sitting at the table Begging, friend, and entertaining fuckery You won't ever find me being unfaithful You will find straws, you'll find straws next to me You won't find me trying to play the devil For money, fame, for power, and for greed. Oh yeah. You won't ever find me where the rest go. You will find straws, you'll find straws next to me. Next to me. Ooh, ooh. Sing it. Next to me. Ooh, ooh. Next to me. You will find straws, you'll find straws next to me. To do what? To suck your mother. (laughs) Woo! That was a tune. And that goes out to Emily Sunday. I hope I'm pronouncing it right because you know the way that Onyubo people love to butcher other people's names? But I think it's Emily Sunday. Anyway, that was her song next to me. That wasn't literally her song. Obviously, we changed the lyrics in that, but you get what I mean. Uh, That's a tune. And is it a gospel tune? Because when I listen to it, I feel so kind of like, it sounds to me like it's a gospel tune, but it bangs. Because her first one was Heaven, wasn't it? Oh, heaven. That's not how it goes, but you know. Anyway, anyway. So, yeah, that was my tune that wasn't exactly 90s or noughties, but I remember listening to it on the radio. Sometimes I hear songs on the radio, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? That will make a really good SYM remix. So I just, you know, bear it in mind in that. Anyway, the person rambling in your ear, it is me, Kalechi. Is this the place to be? I don't know, because I personally am exhausted. Yes, I'm so fucking tired. Um, but I'm here, you know, and that's the main thing. So welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. And my, 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 there are many mothers for the sucketh. And, you know, happy International Women's Day in that, although it will be like yesterday by the time that you're hearing this you know, International Women's Day would be yesterday, but I'm recording on International Women's Day, having just gotten home and I've been home for a teeny while uh, from being at the Toni Morrison uh, celebration at the South Bank. I was reading an excerpt from The Bluest Eye. So big up yourself, Marcel, um, for bringing me in on that. 
So I've been doing that and I've had no sleep, virtually no sleep. I don't know what's going on. Um, I had like a mad dream and then I was just up from then. And then Lev woke up at like 3 a.m. and I was just up. So I just decided to watch a movie because, and then I ate fried rice. Like I shouldn't admit that bit. Um, I shouldn't miss that bit out. I definitely ate fried rice with a chicken wing uh, at 3 a.m. in the morning. And you can judge me, but remember that God will also judge you. So take that as you will. So I'm recording this with extreme fatigue. So if there are some inaccuracies, I truly apologize. I'm actually almost recording this with my eyes closed. I'm that tired, but I have to be here. I, you know, I have to be here for the people then. And that's what I plan on doing. So yeah, the Toni Morrison event was wonderful. The celebration of Toni Morrison's life. I was reading the uh, excerpt from The Bluest Eye. It was brilliant. Um, there was a panel discussion chaired by Afwa Hirsch. Uh, it was it was really interesting, that panel. The Q&A, obviously, you know that people don't know the meaning of Q&A. They don't know that it means question and answer. They seem to, mean, they seem to think it means statement and lamentations because that's all they ever fucking want to do when they're given that mic but someone asked a very cute question where she said oh in case you hear Lev in the background he's chilling because obviously we're all up right now um she asked a very interesting question where she was just like obviously the mainstream white audience they loved beloved by Toni Morrison but they didn't kind of show the same love to Sula and she said why do you think that is and I feel like the panel really felt challenged in terms of answering the question and I've never itched so much for the mic before in my life because I know the answer like I know well I know what I think the answer would be in the in respect to the fact that the white readers loved Beloved because it kind of confirmed to them upon the kind of superficial reading of Beloved, the savagery of black womanhood, like the protagonist killing her daughter because she doesn't want her daughter to be born into slavery. They would just see that as, oh, look at this nigger bitch, not wanting her daughter to, you know, be a slave and that, be our property. And she's just out here killing, killing, killing. Um... Whereas Sula, there's a more complex relationship around motherhood. There's a more complex, I mean, even in Beloved is a complex uh, discussion of motherhood, but in Sula, there's so much that's happening there uh, in terms of womanhood and various generations that I think is a bit too um, deep for the average white reader to really get the complexities of what's taking place there. So of course the mainstream would shy away from such a book because also it didn't center them in the way that, um, I guess beloved addresses them. It doesn't center them, but it addresses them like they're part of the conversation. If we're talking about slave and, you know, slavery, and we're talking about the enslaved Sula felt very much more community based, um, in that sense. And I feel like oftentimes when you leave whiteness out of the conversation completely, white people don't know what to do with themselves. So yeah, anyway, I just wanted to share that because I was really like looking like, oh, I can, I can really tell you the things. I can really tell you the things. Um, how are you all finding noughts and crosses? How are you enjoying it? If you're enjoying it, keep a look out on Thursday. I might have a little bit for you, maybe not on this platform, but on another platform. So keep a look out on Thursday. Thursday, I might be doing some bits. Okay, cool. So let's get into the tarot then. Let me not waste time because 
you know, before this little boy, this little lion starts roaring, let's make the most of our time. Yeah, Lev, that's right. I better tell them. He's like, don't, don't fucking play, you know. I'm giving you all of one hour with my milk factory. After that, I'm taking her back, okay? So just so you lot know in it. So the first card, the question that I was really putting forward to the spirit guides today for us all, the intention I was setting was like about love, about the acceptance of love. How do we accept love? How do we view love within our lives? How do we interact with love um, right now? And the first card that came out is strength in reverse, almost as if there's a surrender that needs to take place. There's a surrendering that needs to take place, a, a, um, a different accessing of strength that isn't the kind of strength that we're used to. Because I think that oftentimes when things happen to us in life, we become like hardened and think to ourselves, well, if I behave in this way, then nobody can hurt me. And so that appears to you to be strength when actually it's coming from a place of wanting to protect your own vulnerability. So you're not really strong. In fact, that is heightening. That is making it more clear. That's accentuating the fear and, you know, the weakness that one feels. It's just drawing more attention to it based on the fact that it's just like, oh, well, you know, this is me being strong. This is me being strong. There's a different type of strength. There's a spiritual strength. There's a strength in knowing of self. There's a strength in knowing that when regardless of what happens, regardless of whether you open yourself up and you do get hurt by the things that happen in life, that you will be okay, that you will survive and you will, you know, love again and that you are lovable, that you are loved, you are love, you know? So it's accessing a different type of strength, surrendering to surrendering to life and surrendering to a different type of strength, not the strength that you've kind of like told yourself, like, this is the way to do it. Um, and this is the way to protect yourself because that isn't really strong in the way that you think it is. And you're being asked to do this or we're being asked to do this as a collective. Um, the Knight of Coins has come out because it's something that just overall will make your life better. It's something that will make your life better. It's something that's being gifted to you as a way, like you say, oh, you know, I want a better quality of life. Like this is how you have the better quality of life by allowing yourself to be vulnerable, by um, giving yourself space to be tender. Like that's necessary and it's beautiful. And also the last card that came out with, because I pulled three cards in this deck, was the um the hermit so virgo card the hermit came out you'll be fine to have those moments when you're on your own when you're not trying to work from a different space of oh this is the kind of strong that i need to be this hardened type of strong the universe is basically gifting you an opportunity to be able to sit with yourself because some people, I guess, have to jump from relationship to relationship or have loads of friends around them, have loads of people around them because they're very scared of being by themselves and 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 really coming to terms with what it, who they are when they're alone. 
So it's easier to kind of be like, oh, well, you know, if I hang around with all of these people or if I'm always in a relationship, then I don't have to face myself. One day you will have to face yourself. And so the you that you need to face is the one that, yes, might have been violated in some way in the past, might have been hurt in some way in the past. But rather than pretending that it didn't happen or that it did happen and now you're this type of person and you're super, super strong in this particular way and you won't take any bullshit and that, that kind of thing will never happen again we pray that that kind of thing never happens again but you still haven't processed everything that's happened you still haven't worked in a way that um allows you to be softer so you're being asked to surrender to life we are all being asked to surrender to life in a way that allows us to be able to sit with ourselves and feel happy with ourselves yeah the next card is from the Say Your Mind Affirmation card deck. And it's uh, it says here, my boundaries are necessary. Protecting your peace is important. Be proud of the boundaries you put in place because they prove that you love yourself. So there are different ways to set boundaries. And if you're setting boundaries like, oh, well, it's because I don't want this person to do this and this and this and this and this, that's all well and good. But think about how those boundaries, what, how much movement do they allow for you to have? And I think that it is part of having these boundaries by surrendering to life in a different way. So the boundaries that you are putting in place are conducive to the life that you truly want for yourself. And it's not reactionary. It's more of a thing that is well thought out. And you're like, yeah, this is what I want here now. Um, it makes a massive, massive difference. The card that came out from the Marcella Kroll deck is Lucky, number 47. I just like to read what she actually writes and then go from there. So number 47, Marcella says, um, you've got the Midas touch. Everything you touch turns to gold at this time. Enjoy this winning streak you are on. Meditate on this when you need an extra boost of being in the right place at the right time kind of energy. That's the same as the Knight of Coins um, card. It's that idea of you're being gifted something, you're being gifted a moment in time to do something that will be beneficial to you. You're, you're doing something with this moment in time in your day-to-day life that's going to allow for your you to evolve in a way that you wouldn't have imagined. But it's a it's an internal world that's shifting. It's not so much about the external world. It's an in, internal world that's shifting and you have to allow for that shift to take space, um, to take place. So... I guess it's something to meditate on. I keep thinking about the card that's at the bottom of the Kaleidodope deck because that's the uh, deck that I'm using today, the one by Crystal Banner. And it's the Emperor card. So that I think that that's important as well, the Emperor card being there and the fact that she's drawn it as Jay-Z. So I think about father figures and I think about... Um, how some people struggle to accept love because they're kind of chasing the love that they hope that had in some way come through from a parent or a father. And so they're trying to, or they're, or they're repeating patterns of like, oh, if your dad always wanted you to be a particular way, your dad wanted you to be strong, your dad wanted you to be this, your dad wanted, oh, your dad never really noticed you. So you spend the rest of your life trying to get people to notice you, to make up for that. Always choosing people that really will behave in the same way as that person, as that, as that parent, that needs to change. You're being given an opportunity right now by the, by the universe for that to change. So you form a different pattern with yourself. Same with Jay-Z again, sticking to Jay-Z 444, like, okay, you've been with someone that hasn't respected 
the sanctity of your relationship and things with um like that you are remaining are you remaining her or what are you doing about it are you staying are you going there are numerous things to consider but ultimately the virgo card is still there that card is still get there in terms of the hermit card as in at the end of the day you're the one that's going to have to sit with you after all the decisions that you make and all the decisions that you didn't make you're the one that's going to have to sit with you so you want to be able to sit with the person that you like so do the things now that will allow you to one day sit with yourself and be the person that you like so that's that for the tarot, for the tarot, as some people like to uh, call it, which I always find hilarious. So I've got a share your magnificence letter. Let me get this out. I love that every week there are letters for me to go through. I have a real kick from, um, you know, I get a real kick from reading them. So this one says, hi, Kalechi. I want to first congratulate you on your better help sponsor for the bot, uh, for the podcast. I'm really glad you found a therapist who works for you and that you're spreading awareness for a more accessible form of therapy. This ties into my share your magnificence nomination. I signed up for better help with your code and quickly got connected to a therapist named Maria. In the short time we've worked together, she's helped me find the clarity I've been searching for since I stopped going to therapy over a year ago. She provides worksheets that give me the dragging I need while still keeping my grey hairs intact. I think it's time you add job finesse to your resume. Book, book. Like the Scottish woman who emailed about getting hired after listening to SYM, I've done the same. Congratulations! At the top of this week, I found I booked my first role in a feature film. This was at the top of my list for 2020 goals, and I'm pleased to already cross it off. Well done. Absolutely well done. Uh, I'm writing this letter after completing my third day on set and will continue filming next week. Not only am I proud of myself for getting to this point, I'm also glad I enjoyed and took the opportunity without questioning if I deserved it. I got this role because of your guidance. This year has already been tough, yet I continue to stay focused and do my best. As discouraged as I got about not booking a role since 2018, I knew something was around the corner. I religiously pulled the SYM affirmation deck at 11.11 and have been frequently met with the cards about a mindset of abundance, blessings sliding into the DMs of my higher consciousness and manifesting my baby world. I'm doing exactly what I moved to this city to do. I'm able to navigate this industry with a high sense of clarity and you're one of the main reasons why. I've already described in previous emails how inspiring you are for countless people. May God, Oprah or whoever you believe in. (laughs) May God, Oprah or whoever you believe in continue to bless everything you lay your hands on. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Portia, you baby girl. Um, Two slaps in your chest for booking that feature role. I'm so proud of you. I'm so, so happy for you. More grease to your elbow. I pray more blessings come your way. More opportunities come your way. Feature film, what? I'll see you on the set of Black Panther 2, baby girl. We will see each other there together. We'll be doing (laughs) Wakanda forever. Although I don't think I'll be Wakanda forever because I really want to be a villain. So I don't know if I'll be doing Wakanda forever because I'll probably be getting brocked up for trying to uh, beat up the Dora Milaje. But, um, 
Yeah, well done. Honestly, Portia, I'm really, really glad that the therapy's working for you. I'm glad that you're, you know, living your best life. You're living your best life across the pond. Super proud of you. And I pray for more blessings to slide into your DMs. Moving on, my share of magnificence goes out to Danielle Obi who is 38. She's from London. I saw that Danielle had designed uh, waterproof headscarves to encourage more black people to go swimming. And it's just like, why didn't a single motherfucker think about this before? I mean, I'm glad that we've got those big, um, you know, the big uh, swimming caps that allow you to have dreads and braids and things like that, to have like cute locks and braids and whatever um, else. Or if you've just got long, thick hair, you've got these bigger swimming caps now. But they don't really work for me because I don't always have braids and I don't necessarily like those swim caps. So to have like a head scarf that's waterproof, that is a motherfucking look. That is a motherfucking vibe. So it says here, um, this is written by Natalie Morris. It says here, 95% of black adults and 80% of black children do not go swimming, according to recent figures from Sports England. And a lot of that comes down to hair care. But now a British inventor has created a unique waterproof headscarf designed to protect Afro hair in a bid to encourage more black people to go swimming. Danielle Obi, 38, from London, came up with the idea for the headscarves called Neems, or um, after her daughter Kayla, um, now six, began to dread going in the pool. She herself had previously given up swimming for two decades because she did not want to risk damage to her hair. Afro hair can be managed by the chemicals and can be damaged by the chemicals in swimming pools because it's often naturally drier and more brittle. At the time, it can take to and the time it can take to moisturize and style the hair after swimming can be really off-putting. Natural Afro hair grows up and out, not down in length like Caucasian style hair, says Danielle. The chlorine dries out the hair, causing it to be frizzy, brittle and thirsty, which is what causes breakage. Hair thinning and in some cases for women with processed delicate hair, it falls off if the hair is not thoroughly washed out, conditioned and rehydrated. Danielle herself gave up swimming because of how long it would take to style her hair after a dip. Getting into any type of aquatic... um, activity then was a huge no-no I couldn't go swimming in the evening after work if I did how would I turn up for client meetings the next morning she says Kayla hates getting soap in and around her face so when it came to washing her hair after swimming she would scream and scream and scream so one day I promised her that we would find a solution we would work together to create something that protected her hair the pair experimented with a few different caps when swimming doubling them up and trying out different brands until Danielle realized she would need to create something herself Daniel says, I discovered that swimming caps were originally designed not to protect the hair or keep it from getting wet, but instead to streamline, she explained. So I couldn't find something to keep Kayla's hair dry uh, because the product was flawed to begin with. Wow, that is a point. That is an actual point. Woo! The headscarves Danielle invented are based on ancient Egyptian Egyptian designs and will protect all hair types in the water. They're used by her entire family, including three-year-old Eliora and nine-year-old Zachary. Uh, Danielle has also launched the Black Swimming Association alongside Team GB swimmer Alice Deering. Um, journalist Serene Jones and musician and filmmaker Ed Akura to run in partnership with Swim England. So... Um, She says here, after I created my design, I began sharing it with people. My aim was to encourage more people to go swimming, but we also had to um, also found many people use them in the shower to rehydrate their hair. It's 
wonderful to me that Danielle has created this because invention, what is it? Invention is the daughter of necessity or no. Necessity is the mother of all inventions, something like that. Anyway, just, it's just wonderful that it took all of this time and Danielle was like, you know what? I think I've got it. I think I know what we need. So I'm going to get myself one of those headscarves and I'll try it out when I go swimming. Because you don't think about, well, I didn't think about things like that, that, oh, actually a swim cap isn't there to protect my hair. It's just there to make you more streamlined in the water because it's packed all of your hair into one thing. And then you're there looking like a baby seal. So yeah, woof. Two slaps on your chest, Danielle. That's a wonderful creation. Now, what you want to do is make sure that you patent that motherfucker because I'm sure there's a white woman in America somewhere who's going to be like, oh, I realized that what we need as people is a headscarf that that is waterproof. And she'll ignore your, well, she'll use your invention to help herself. And then she'll mark up the money and move mad. Same with that lady that decided to do the hair bonnets and claim that she never, ever knew, never knew that black women have been wearing these hair bonnets for however long they've been wearing them. So yeah, patent your shit, patent your shit, sis. So that's that for, I think that's that for Shea Your Magnificence. Yes, that is correct. I've been seeing the maddest things um, in the last week a lot of things around coronavirus and I've been like experiencing things like when I went to go and get my hair done because I've currently got my hair in like little bantu knots and I went to the hairdressers to do my hair and uh, I'll get to that story shortly but seeing bad things around just coronavirus and I just have to say that I think humans are mad like I There are things that happen in society and it just reminds me that humans are mad and I don't know why they continue to move in the way that they move. Like people are fucking stockpiling tissue paper. Fam, tissue paper should be the least of your worries. Where is your seasoning, you motherfuckers? Where are, why, why is everybody avoiding the herbs and spices, but you're here stockpiling? There's water, water exists, water exists. So the stockpiling of tissue that you're doing, I really, really don't, I don't get it. There are more important things, but okay, fine, whatever. Anyway, it's, uh, I saw that on, I saw that you know, the co-founder or whatever of uh, Twitter, Je- uh, Jack Dorsey, has said that um, he's considering moving to Africa amid the coronavirus concerns. I know that he's now said that, oh, no, no, he's not doing that anymore. But, but I saw this initially and it just really aggravated me. First of all, how confused everybody is by why coronavirus hasn't hit Africa. Like they're proper dying for it. They're gagging for it. Why aren't those niggas over there? Why aren't they? Um, why haven't they been stricken down with all of this bullshit? Maybe because people wash their hands, maybe because people wash their things. So they wash their feet, they wash their legs. You know, there are reasons, there are reasons to consider. Um, But it's it's the speculation, it's the kind of like, it's the sheer befuddlement of it all. Like, how dare they not have it yet? Hmm, hmm. And then you as a white man, you're going, oh, well, I'm going to move to Africa so I can avoid the coronavirus. No, stay where you are. Stay where you are, because when you man brought smallpox and them things there to America, stay where you are. Don't come over here. We're so fine. We're so fine in Africa. I'm not even actually there. I'm on these very gloomy aisles of um, that they like to call uh, the United Kingdom. But my point is, 
stay away, go away, go away. Not every day neocolonization, not every day. Leave Africa, as you like to call it, alone. Like, I don't even know where you'd live in Africa, seeing as a fucking massive continent, but okay. So it says here that the chief executive, uh, what CEO Jack Dorsey is uh, said on Thursday, he's considering a proposed stint in Africa this year due to coronavirus concerns, walking back his plans amid a call by activist investor Elliott Management for his um, ouster or whatever. Um, With everything happening in the world, particularly with coronavirus, I have to reconsider what's going on and what that means for me um, and our company And then he goes on to say in November, he was uh, wrapping up a shorter trip through Africa that he was planning to move to the continent for three to six months in mid 2020. Everyone's just coming for the resources, as far as I'm concerned, coming to come and take all the things from Africa and, you know, oh, here you can have a little office here. We won't really pay you the same way that we pay your colleagues who work, you know, in America, wherever the fuck you'll just get this and you'll be happy with it. No, the fuck they won't. Uh, the tweet the tweet raised concerns among investors over how Dorsey would continue to run San Francisco-based Twitter and mobile payments company Square, when he also leads from afar, uh, which he also leads from afar. This week, um, this whatever hedge fund uh, moved to remove Dorsey from his position at Twitter after acquiring a one billion dollar stake in the company. Uh, It says here, Twitter gives shareholders equal voting rights and Dorsey, a co-founder of the company, owns only 2% of the company. Mad ting, mad, mad. So anyway, this just goes on and on about whatever they're trying to do to him to get him out of his position. I'm not really concerned. My concern is with the throwaway, like, like, oh yeah, we're going to be going to, you know, I want to go to Africa and just kind of like be there for a bit and get myself together. Don't come to Africa to come and find yourself, babe, because you're a billionaire. We've got nothing for you. You should find yourself in your bank account. Go away, go away. It's not Africa that you'll now come and you'll be moving mad stay away unless you're going to do something genuinely beneficial for the continent or for the country that you're in we don't want it we're so all right and just generally everyone who keeps speculating on why coronavirus hasn't gone um haywire on um, african people you can keep your fake concern to yourself your obsession with us keep it to yourself leave us alone thank you so much then um i'll come back to coronavirus shortly but another thing obviously that's been happening is with this being international women's month and yesterday when by the time you listen to this if you're listening on a monday would have been international women's day and i just find it so odd how people keep getting it wrong year after year what it means to celebrate international women's day when we're celebrating international women's day we're celebrating people who identify as women yeah we're not here to celebrate men and it really blows my mind that the um the police uh, service it says here the official police service uh, for northern ireland this is their twitter account and so they tweeted preparations underway for so, sorry that was a shit accent anyway Preparations underway for our celebration of International Women's Day 2020. This year's theme is Each for Equal. Female colleagues nominated male colleagues who have supported them during their career. Do you know how mad that is? To me, that's like the equivalent of, or very similar to, it being Black History Month and every 
body getting together, all the black people getting together to congratulate all the white people they feel have supported them. It's not about you. Literally every other time is about you. This is not about you. What do you mean that we're now going to use the space that we should be using to celebrate women, trailblazers, doing all of these things? We're not going to be doing that because we're going to celebrate the men who, oh my God, thank you so much for not raping me. Oh, thank you so much for giving me that promotion that I fucking deserved. Thank you so much for like paying me the same that you're paying my male counterpart. Oh, thank you so much. Oh my God. Licky willy, licky willy. Nom, 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 nom. No, what, like, what, what, what is this? What is this? I don't get it. What, why, why? And they really thought they were doing bits. They really came to tweet as if they were doing something like they've really gone out here and done something amazing. I saw another, I think it was some kind of train service who tweeted, Oh, in celebration of International Women's Day, we want to prove that women know what they're doing and they can handle everything. So women are going to be the ones driving all the trains today. So I was like, wait, wait, wait. So you gave all the men a day off in celebration of International Women's Day. Do you see how they, how everything is flipped and like, you're still shortchanged at the end of all of this nonsense. That is how patriarchy works. Like even in trying to celebrate you, we're still celebrating men. We're still centering men in that narrative. And it just, it's, it's absolutely wild to me. I'm just here to celebrate the people who identify as women. I'm really, really not here to be celebrating men who have done the bare minimum. Like I must congratulate a fish for swimming. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for, for, you know, seeing my humanity and looking past my woman, my womanhood. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck right off. So yeah, I saw that and thought, yeah, absolutely wild. Absolutely fucking wild. Then I saw that um, Hatchet, the publishers, have decided not to go ahead with publishing um, Woody Allen's memoir that they had acquired. And I just think that's wonderful. I think it's a beautiful song. I think it's a song that I would definitely do a remix of because, wow, what a beautiful song. Woody Allen memoir dropped by Hatchet after staff walk out. Big up yourself, everybody who walked out. Big up all of you, man, that said, nah, I'm not with this bullshit, not having it. Um, it says here at HB, uh, HBG, we take our relationships with authors very seriously and do not cancel books lightly. The publishing company said in a statement, Hatchet Book Group will no longer publish Woody Allen's memoir, A Propos of Nothing, um, making the decision a day after employees staged a walkout in protest over the book. Hatchet Book Group has decided that it will not publish um, this memoir that was scheduled for sale in April 2020 and will return all the rights to the author. The publishing company um, told, you know, made their statement or whatever the fuck. It says here, the decision to cancel Mr. Allen's book was a difficult one. At HBG, we take our relationships with authors very seriously and do not cancel books lightly. We have published and will continue to publish many challenging books. As publishers, we make sure every day in our work that different voices and conflicting points of view can be heard. I find that very, very interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> anyway, it says, uh, we are committed to offering a stimulating, supportive and open work environment for all of our staff. Over the past few days, HBG leadership had extensive conversations with our staff and others. After listening, we came to the conclusion that moving forward with publication would not be feasible for HBG. 
um, they said that they were surprised yet also relieved that they received clapping and cheering over the news. Uh, Thursday's walkout, whenever that was, included employees from imprints like um, Little Brown and Company, which released um, Catch and Kill and all of these um, other books that I don't give a damn about. Um, yeah, don't care. Anyway, it says... Um, to each and every individual who at great professional risk to themselves stood in solidarity with my brother, myself and all victims of sexual abuse yesterday, words will never describe the debt of gratitude I owe to you. This was said by um, Dylan, Dylan Farrow. Oh yeah. So I care about Dylan Farrow. Definitely care about Dylan, um, Dylan Farrow. So it says here, yeah, thank you for standing with my um, family. And I'm glad that they, the decision to no longer publish the memoir, um, fills them with awe and they're very very grateful she added that for someone who has felt so alone in my story for so long yesterday was a profound reminder of what a difference can be made when people stand and unite together for what's right thank you so very much and Ronan also said uh, shared on social media that he was grateful to all the Hatcher employees who spoke up and um, the company for listening I think that It's wonderful that this is happening. I just, Woody Allen, same as Roman Polanski, all of these people, Harvey Weinstein, all of these people have gotten away with absolute fuckery for so, so long. And they've managed to kind of navigate it and avoid um, the repercussions of their actions. Not so much Harvey Weinstein anymore because he got got, haha. Um, but someone like um, Woody Allen, he's still out here. Roman Polanski still out here and not getting pulled up in the way that they need to get pulled up about the fuckery that they're doing. And still out here very much making money, very much living their best life, very much still winning awards for things. And I don't really understand why that should be the case so I'm glad that the um, hatchet group um you know the employees decided that no nah, enough is enough like we're not having this so big up yourselves for you know standing firm standing tall and saying that this is just truly unacceptable because it really is but the madness didn't end there because somebody now decided that they wanted to come and open their long throat and their thin lips to come and chat shit and that person was in fact Stephen King. Like, why can't Stephen King focus on writing books and do what he's there to do? Instead, he's commenting on bullshit that nobody asked him. So Stephen King, whoever the fuck gave him Twitter, now said, the hatchet decision to drop the Woody Allen books make, book makes me very uneasy. It's not him. I don't give a damn about Mr. Allen. It's who get muzzled, who's it's who gets muzzled next that worries me why is it your business who gets allegedly muzzled next like muzzle shut up first of all shut the fuck up I tweeted back at him and I was like well fam if the person is not a sexual predator they've got nothing to worry about because we sure as hell know they're not going to really do anything if the person's xenophobic or racist or whatever we know that they're going to let that but if the person is a sexual predator I hope that they get got I hope that they their book doesn't even get acquired and if their book does get acquired and people um you know clap back against that that the publishing company will be like look fam can you return our money here's the rights to your book we no longer want it have a great life goodbye thank you for coming you know something needs to happen and 
you don't need to worry about who's going to get muzzled next unless you too, you're a sexual predator and you've got something to worry about. Otherwise, mind your business and face your front. If you allegedly don't care about Woolly and Woody Allen, you don't care what's happening with um, with his whole memoir and whatever, face your front then. No one was fucking talking to you then. Mind your business. No one was talking to you. It's just amazing to me how everyone's so concerned about freedom of speech, freedom of speech, or, oh, why can't they have their things? Why can't They can't have their things because they don't know how to behave. They can't have their things because they're vile, horrible human beings. That's why they can't have these things. Wow. Stephen King, focus on your books. And even now I can't read his books anymore. I can't because I've I, ever since, I've always found these books very, very unsettling because you have to be to be able to write that level of horror that's one thing but on another level I just can't fuck with you now because you keep saying really really stupid shit online and this is why some people just shouldn't have social media like they make life really really terrible for themselves just stop just stop talking so um well that's that for so you mad I guess well is it that is it is it that is it is that that I did say that I wanted to say something about this, you know, the video that's going around the viral video of Ariona, that little dark skinned black girl who was having her locks done by her hairstylist. And, um, I don't know why it was on Instagram live while she was doing it. I don't know if the parents consented to their child. I don't know how you guys like to behave with your children and online social media and them things there, but that's for you to figure out. That's none of my business, but she's on Instagram live. And then obviously the little girl can see herself, dark skinned girl, she can see herself. And the way that she balls out crying, like she wails, she sobs. And she says that I'm so ugly. Like she says that she, she calls herself so ugly. And it really, really broke my heart. It broke my heart, especially since, you know, I've just come from this Toni Morrison celebration and everyone kept mentioning the bluest eye, the bluest eye, the bluest eye. And it's all well and good that you men are mentioning the bluest eye, but you need to sit down and ask yourself why whenever there's something to be said it's like mixed race women light-skinned women that everybody's wheeling out to talk about these things because the very specific violence that dark-skinned black women face nobody wants to really sit down and have the conversation and I think that if you're really about that life if you're really about the work that you claim to be about sometimes just say I don't think that this is for me to do I think that this is for the next person to do because you know why they asked you and you know why they didn't ask the next person and that's just generally I'm just talking broadly here because when everyone's talking about Sula I'm not Sula but um, um Pecola and talking about how um, they relate to her. Do you you relate to her on what level exactly? You re- relate to her as a black girl dealing with white supremacy or you relate to her as a dark-skinned black girl who's treated very differently to like her lighter-skinned friend and her other friend, like, are you talking about that specifically? Because that matters. And so then you've got this little girl crying in the way that she is, like, all of, what, four years old. It's just... Oh, it it was it was a lot, but the, it comes from somewhere, doesn't it? And uh, I know the hairstylist said, "Oh, well, no, it's not her mum. Her mum raised her well." But I, you know, it's not. I didn't think that it was. It just goes to show the society that we live in, like what other children are saying to her, and what they have been fed, you know, and what they've internalized. That's part of the. That's part of the problem. 
And so when we're letting people off the hook, like, oh, well, they made this joke about dark-skinned girls and they this everybody's contributing to this culture of punching down on dark-skinned black girls. And so it's all well and good to be like, oh, well, it resonates with me because I'm a black girl. Yeah, but are you a dark-skinned black girl? Are you? are you and do you understand what that means so and because the same people who say shit like this will still turn around and go oh but when I was in school um people girls used to bully me because I was pretty and I was light-skinned um okay not you know undermining your experience at all let's look at the power dynamics though in the hierarchy and why that might be and what they were trying to protect themselves from and what they've already been told and where whatever that alleged uh, jealousy may have been rooted in there's so much happening there's so much to unpack and looking at that video I personally as much as I get that the um the hairstylist was trying to do something and do something positive. I just really feel uncomfortable with the way that people put children on social media. Like like this generation or, you know, all of these generations coming up and things like that, pretty much all of the things that they've done is just been there for the world to see and has gone viral at some point. And I know like the little girl came back on to say, thank you, everybody. Um, I'm beautiful. And then the hairstylist is pretending to just happening to be walking by. But no, you set up the camera and you set everything up for her. So you're going, oh my God, what you doing? What you doing? You know what she's doing. So all of it feels a bit contrived to me and I don't like it, um, to be perfectly honest. But going back to the initial video and just, uh, you know, the hairstylist obviously being caught off guard and saying, oh, no, you, you're beautiful. My God, you're beautiful. Why would you say that about yourself? Like, look, you got two dimples. You got two dimples. I ain't even got two dimples. What does that mean? And people are like, oh, don't come at her, which it also fucking irritates me. I beg you, if I'm talking about something online, especially if I say, you know what, I'm not going to talk about it here because it won't be received well. Do not fucking quote tweet me and start talking about, oh, well don't come at her don't you know don't drag her don't do this shut the fuck up because you don't even know what I was going to say in the first place and not everything is a dragging shut the fuck up you 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 claim to be supporting what I do I'm doing you claim to oh my god I love you I you know I love what you're about but you'll be the same ones that will basically be insinuating that I'm this angry black woman that's just going to come and start dragging everybody and attacking everybody fuck you because really all I was going to say was just I just feel like all of that could have been phrased differently like why are we really focused focusing on oh you've got two dimples what does it even mean to have dimples whenever people go on about the fact that they've got dimples I'm just like what is what okay and and I remember I went on a date with this guy years ago and he was saying to me you know you're so pretty for a dark-skinned girl this was a black guy oh you're so pretty for a dark-skinned girl um you know if you had dimples you'd look so sick I'm like Okay, but I don't have dimples. So why are we telling me about as if I'm as if as if I'm an iOS update, as if I just have to wait to iOS 13 and then I'll have dimples. Shut up. Do you yourself? Do you have? I think he actually does have dimples. But, you know, anyway, shut up. Shut up. No wonder nobody asks you like I'm perfectly happy with my face the way it is. I didn't say to you that I want dimples. I don't even know what having dimples means exactly. So for her to go, oh, well, you got two dimples. I just... I don't know. I just, I, I guess that we're all equipped differently 
I just would have loved for the girl to be affirmed in different ways. And that's not to go old, to remind her that, oh, you know, you're intelligent and this and that. Yeah, remind her of all those things, but also to just let her know that you're absolutely beautiful as you are and not to come about and necessarily start specifying details that I think are a bit weird. Like, I guess I could have said to her that, you know, you've got pretty eyes and, you know, this and that, but it just seemed weird to go, oh, you've got two dimples. I don't even have two dimples. What does that mean? Why would you have two dimples? Are you saying, where are you in the pecking order? Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. And this whole chocolate skin thing, I'm not an edible arrangement. So mm, it's a bit weird, but I understand that it was well-intentioned and I'm not knocking that in the slightest. And I know that she was probably just so taken aback by it, but there is there there has to be other ways for us to affirm dark skin baby girls. There has to be another way where it's not like, oh well, hey, you got dimples, or hey, you got nice hair, because you know what is that even like? As if oh, you know, I know you got that dark skin, but you know you've got this as compensation. No, it's. It, it was really horrifying to watch. And it was really, really sad that at the age of four, she'd already internalized this. And what does that mean for the rest of her life? And and what that is proof that this society is fucked. Toni Morrison wrote The Bluest Eye when she wrote The Bluest Eye, I think, what, in the 70s or whatever. So she wrote The Bluest Eye and we're still here. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Like dark skinned girls still don't want to be dark skinned girls because the world has told them that that's like the ugliest thing that you can be. And that's horrible and is, is absolutely terrible. So don't come and talk to me about how colorism is both ways when it really, really is not. And some of you are only securing your bags because you are the preferred blackness because of your lightness. And I'm just going to say it as it is. And I don't give a shit. That's all there is. So I guess that was an extra so you mad. But let's move into uh, straw of the week, a.k.a. Sock your mother, sock your mom with a straw. So this one I should have read um, a little while back, but I'm only getting to it now just because I've got so many um, letters to get through. And it says here, hello, Kelechi. Hope you and your little lion are doing well. A letter from your favourite listening from um, listener from South Africa. Hey, um, let everyone fight me. <laughs> This week, I would like to nominate store manager of the Dish M uh, uh, pharmacy chain who decided to graciously throw an unnamed black employee under the bus for a display she has the power to approve or disapprove. A little background on this is that on Friday, the 21st of February, a display was put up in one of the Dishem stores with a very, 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 very white mannequin with brown foundation. This was to celebrate African beauty. As you know, the internet are quicker than quick. Within minutes of being put up, the whole of South Africa had known about it. Today, the manager was given the opportunity to explain what had gone on on national radio and she lied, lied through her teeth. She said that the unnamed black employee took initiative and merrily brought a white mannequin that was just lying around in her home and hopped onto the communal public transport so that she could show off her African culture. Mind you, none of what is in the picture represents any of the eight black cultures in South Africa, even with the deviations. The manager in question is a brown person in South Africa. Brown is better than black in every possible way. The issues are that one, she really did not understand that what blackface is going on about intention and that her biggest problem with the display was actually the, um, and that her biggest problem with the display was actually the makeup um why did they not find a brown mannequin 
Second, throwing a black woman under the bus, not being accountable as a manager. Here in South Africa, a culture of dictatorship is present in retail. Therefore, you do as you are told and you move. I would also love to hand a bright red straw to the caller, Mandy, who told us to get over it. I've included a link to the show for your listening pleasure. If you have the time, the last 15 minutes is where Mandy shines now. Mandy can go suck out and this uh, manager can go suck out as well with people just not understanding what the problem is with blackface. But, you know, again, they just want us to spend ages arguing back and forth with things like this, like blackface and whatever the fuck, like, don't have the time, really, really don't care. Don't care to argue with them anymore. If you want to keep painting your face black, paint your face black. But if a random person clarks you in your throat, spins your jaw, rocks your jaw, busses you in your eye, that is your own problem because you've been warned many times and you want to persist in waywardness. So continue persisting in waywardness and whatever happens, happens at this rate because you don't want to hear a word. Going on South Africa, though, my next straw of the week goes out to Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a pussy clerk, and I'll tell you why Joe Biden is uh, a pussy clerk. So Joe Biden had been out here in the streets for the longest talking about how he got arrested in South Africa when he was on his way to go and visit Nelson Mandela, obviously thinking that this is something that would um, give him some affinity with the black community uh, and the black voters, because obviously they've got the presidential elections currently happening in America. So he had to drop the claim when it's basically proven that it's a lie. So it says here, Joe Biden was not arrested in South Africa while trying to see Nelson Mandela, his campaign have um, conceded. The US presidential contender had repeatedly said he was arrested during a trip there in the 1970s when South Africa was under apartheid. But a deputy campaign manager told reporters Mr. Biden had been referring to an episode where he was separated from black colleagues at an airport. Mr. Biden is counting on black support to win South Carolina on Saturday. On Wednesday, Mr. Biden won the endorsement of Democratic Congressman James um, Clyburn, a black lawmaker who's considered key to winning the state's black vote, which makes up more than 50% of the Democratic, uh, Democratic voters there. Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders currently holds the most delegates for the Democrats' presidential nomination, uh, followed by former Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg and Mr. Biden. The former vice president first made the arrest assertion at an event in South Carolina earlier this month, reminiscing about his personal history with Mandela, South Africa's first black president who died in 2013. Biden said... At the time, a senator for Delaware, well, this was when he was a senator for Delaware, he said he had been visiting the country with a delegation of American officials and had planned to visit Mandela in prison. But during the trip, Mr. Biden said he had the great honor of being arrested with our UN ambassador on the streets of Soweto while trying to reach the civil rights leader on Robben Island. The town of Soweto is more than 760 miles from Robben Island. So you're a liar. At a Black History Awards brunch in Las Vegas last week, he also said that Mandela thanked him for his efforts. You know, he threw his arms around me and said, I I want to say thank you, Mr. Biden told onlookers. I said, what are you thanking me for, Mr. President? He said, you tried to see me. You got arrested trying to see me. Mr. Biden's account of what happened has been rebuffed by Andrew Young, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. at the time, who says he traveled with Mr. Biden to South Africa. Local media have also failed to find any evidence of an arrest being made. Uh, Yeah, 
And it just goes on to say that he basically lied and he's camper trying to cover it up and be like, oh, no, that's not what he meant. What he what had happened was, no, wow. Um, A journalist noted that being separated did not equate with an arrest. Um, The press person still insisted that, oh, no, no, he meant a separation. So, uh, yeah, basically what you went there during apartheid, your black uh, colleagues would have had to go for a different um, entrance or exit to you. That's not an arrest. That's not similar to an arrest in any way whatsoever. You are a liar. You are an absolute liar. And I just think it's funny the way that white people love to use when they need to get black people on side or whenever they need to chastise black people, literally whenever they need to interact with black people, they'll turn around and go, oh, but Nelson Mandela and Martin Luther King and all this, this is what they would have wanted. Keep their names out of your mouth. Keep their names out of your mouth and shut the fuck up. They didn't, they didn't, they said, leave them alone. They're literally there in heaven. Like, can these motherfuckers stop mentioning our names? Like, we're not with it. Leave us alone and let us enjoy enjoy our baby girls and our side chicks on the side anyway yeah it just really aggravates me like you want the black vote okay cool you want the black vote as if black voters are these illiterates and these dum-dums that you'll tell them some wild story and they'll just buy it and they well let's be fair sometimes they do buy into the lie and you really just want them to be like you know that man is so great you know what i'm gonna go and vote for him because one time he got arrested going to visit nelson mandela shut up shut up nobody cares and stop lying stop lying to get the black vote like they'll literally do anything to get um, black voters to come out don't go and vote for nonsense please this is someone that's here lying to you lying to your face this is not the type of person that you need to be voting for so that's that my first straw goes out to joe biden like he can go and suck all of all of the entirety of his mother her insides her entrails he can go and suck all of that out because clearly a dickhead clearly making up bullshit that didn't happen and i think he's lied about that for so long he now believes the lie it's absolutely wild absolutely wild my next straw of the week and i swear i've given this girl a straw before but she keeps coming back for more straws summer walker so summer walker has deleted all of the things on her instagram page after she basically got dragged for the things that she was saying about uh chinese people uh regarding the coronavirus so she said Chinese people are trifling and nasty. She's saying this because she went uh, um, uh, along with the propaganda, like the xenophobic propaganda all across social media where people are finding random videos from any which where and they're posting it and being like, look at what these Chinese people are doing, giving everybody the coronavirus or as people are now affectionately calling it the Rona. So she posts this video somebody corrects her and says babe that video is highly inaccurate and that video is because the video basically on her instagram page is people in china seen spreading the coronavirus to the public again vilifying a group of people absolutely mad and so somebody comments and they're like babe this video is from like two years ago and it's in no way like accurate like what's going on please please don't do that and she basically says well she, they, they informed her that the video had nothing to do with the coronavirus but she didn't care and she wrote and they trifling and nasty as fuck too so what's your point um well the point is that that's not you you literally put up a video that has the heading that look at chinese people spreading the coronavirus and i'm letting you know that that's inaccurate and then you're still doubling down going well as far as i'm concerned they're trifling and nasty okay now that's just 
you're xenophobia, but can you take the video down? Because the video is not correct and it's dangerous. So after receiving backlash in her comments, she deleted all of her posts on Instagram, then got in her uh, Instagram stories and continued. She now wrote, lol, people so dumb talking about I'm racist and that video was from a long time ago. It don't matter if it's from 20 years ago. Bottom line, that shit nasty. And I don't give a fuck if a black, white, yellow or green person did that shit. It's still nasty. Uh, Okay. But babe, it's not accurate. And then she put period and put a sick face and then she put, and why ain't here she spelled here wrong about none of this xenophobic shit when motherfuckers had ebola lol what what i'm no people were still talking about xenophobic behavior when the ebola was um you know out here doing fuckery to people's lives they talked about it then but you probably weren't known babe so whatever fuckery you were writing then they couldn't call you out on it in the same way that the platform that you have now they can call you out on it now duh she goes um lmao i literally don't give a fuck anymore um this this is app um it's not that serious i think she meant this is an app it's not that serious but it is that serious because it's through apps like these and it's through platforms like this that people spread um untrue shit and you put people's lives in danger like literally chinese people east asian people are out here being dragged kicked sworn at all of these things and and even you know the more subtle violences from the way that they're treated on the tube and and public transport and things like that they're being treated in wild ways all because of the assumptions and assertions that people like yourself are making is wrong it's unfair and it's very very dangerous don't do it that's all people are telling you to just not do it and you have the fucking cheek summer walker you have the fucking cheek to talk about somebody else's dirty and nasty and trifling we watched you on instagram stories use your spit your saliva from your mouth to wipe your face wipe the makeup off your face we watched you do it we watched you use saliva from your mouth use the enzymes from your mouth to 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 to, to, to start rubbing your face we saw you do that so who are you so your face is now you're walking around smelling like hot breath your face is here smelling like hot breath and you have the cheek to talk about somebody else being nasty and trifling Ooh, you even told us that you don't like having a shower you said with your entire mouth that you don't like having a shower that you just use a flannel to basically clean your coochie and clean your armpits and you want to talk about somebody else being trifling and nasty pot kettle black shut the fuck up you are not the one you are not the one and i would love to give you a straw to go and suck your mother but i think that the greater punishment was would be for you to insert the straw into yourself and suck yourself because you dirty you're dirty focus on that don't be talking about other people don't be talking about other people minding their business who didn't ask for any of this focus on yourself where you have the choice you don't have no rona you have running water but you're out here using your saliva to wipe makeup off your face. I beg, go and sit down. Go and sit down or lie down and shut the fuck up. Wild behavior. Absolutely fucking wild. I couldn't believe it. And on that um, note of coronavirus, I really had to cuss out the barber guy. Um, dropping my phone. I had to cuss out the barber guy that's based in the at the hairdressers that I went to go and do my Bantu knots at. 
So I'm there. And whenever I've gone into this shop here yeah, over the years that I've gone in there, this guy, Greek guy, always says the most outlandish shit. And it's so outlandish because I'm like, how does somebody with such a shit toupee on their head, if I tell you how shit this toupee is, it's worse than Donald Trump's toupee. Like this toupee is so shit. It looks like there's a carpet. In, um, I want you to visualize with me. Brixton Town Hall. They would have had a carpet in Brixton Town Hall, any carpet in Brixton Town Hall, let's say in the 1980s, yeah? And then they decided to discard that carpet. And it's like he went and found this carpet in a landfill, cut out a square and attached it to his own scalp. Like, this toupee is so bad. It's so bad. It's so raggedy. And he's here barbing hair. So you have to ask yourself the way, the kind of men he's cutting their hair, like what how dangerous they are as human beings because you've seen this toupee on this man's head and you are allowing for him to be the one to to cut your hair you don't give a shit about life like you give you don't you give no fucks if you're letting that kind of person cut your hair so anyway i've been in there before he says some really random shit i'm there the other day getting my bantu knots done and then um a guy comes in to come and get his hair cut and the guys start, they're talking banter, banter, banter. And the guy's like, oh, so what do you think of the coronavirus then? This coronavirus. And I'm like, oh God, here we go. He says, this is the barber. I don't care about coronavirus because I don't eat Chinese food and I don't sleep with Chinese woman. So I don't care about coronavirus. I can't get coronavirus. When I tell you this man's old, yeah, and I feel like it's them old ones that it, coronavirus is taking out. So you want to shut that fucking toupee mouth. Anyway, he's like, I... The Chinese people, they eat cats, they eat dogs, they eat anything that moves. So no wonder they have Corona. No wonder they have Corona. And the guy's like, yeah, and you know, um, they're eating everything, aren't they? Look, cats, dogs, rats. And he's like, and they, you know, they eat. And then the guy goes, oh, and they eat snails. He's like, oh no, I eat snails. I eat snails, but snails, they like sage, they like thyme. They eat good things because I'm from Greece. They eat good things from the ground. They're okay. And so at this point I had to interject and I'm like, okay, so you eat snails and that's fine. But anything that these people allegedly eat from the stereotypes that you have, of them that's terrible but what you're eating is not terrible and then the white guy his back is instantly up because i'm saying things he's like well well you know i get what he's trying to say but you know and then like you know in france they eat frog's legs and and snail you know they they eat there and stuff but I, i wouldn't ever eat any of that stuff and i guess that's why like the coronavirus is getting them and i'm like that doesn't make any sense do you eat eels I don't eat eels. I just like pie and mash me. And that's literally what he said verbatim. That's like, do you eat pork? He didn't know what to say now because he knew I was about to catch him out. And it's like, well, 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 yeah, but you know, I, I feel like you're, you're, you're approaching this with a type of energy, young lady, that I don't think is necessary because I'm just a white working class guy. I was just saying, and I have a right to my opinion. And then the Greek guys, they're like, oh, but you know, women, they would like to talk and talk and talk. I had to get these two together. I had to get them the fuck together because I said, if anybody has allowed you to be moving mad, like the way you've been moving mad, you're not going to do it with me today. Not today. Not today. I said, okay, but do you see how the opinions you have 
are rooted in xenophobia and are rooted in racism. Can we talk about that? Do you, babe, excuse me, do you, do you, do you, miss, do you, do you know Voltaire? Because he went from babe to miss. Do you know Voltaire? Yes, I'm aware with, I'm, I'm aware of Voltaire. Well, he says that, you know, oh, I, I, you have a right to your opinion and I have a right to disagree. I was like, yeah, but Voltaire was also a eugenicist who said that black people had evolved differently from white people and were therefore inferior to them. So I don't really think like he's... Um, his philosophy is anything that I want to take note of. Let's go and sit down. Let's go and sit down because, you know, this woman, she talks, she talks, she talks. I'm thinking, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking about family. If I talk about your toupee, you will fall down dead right now. You better fucking behave yourself. You better fucking behave yourself. That toupee looks like them one from them Alfred Hitchcock. Um, You know, them little um, Alfred Hitchcock um, horror you know, TV programs where like the wig can get up and start moving. It looks like, I feel like when he goes, I think the wig is controlling him. I think his toupee is controlling him. I think his toupee is some kind of leftover artifact from, um, from Nazi Germany during them times and it attached him, itself to his to his head and it's feeding him information xenophobic information that he's just spouting i feel like he died a long time ago but he's still under the guise of being a barber um and this is how he's operating and radicalizing the men that come in and sit in his barber's chair because it they didn't know what to say back to me i got them all the way together i said you have a right to your opinion i'm not disputing your right to your opinion but you also have a duty of care to make sure that said opinion is not rooted in very very derogatory stereotypes of another group of people that is what you have the duty of care to you know to ensure and if you choose not to then i have a right to be offended and to contest the opinion that you've put forward oh oh wow look at her using words using words and they've got they've run off now to go and sit in the chair but they were salty this guy wanted to cry he was sitting there having his hair cut and you could hear them muttering under their breath like you know they just they just say things you know and i'm not a bad guy like, i'm not a bad person i'm just i'm just well, don't listen to her. She's a woman, you know, over there. They talk, they talk, they talk. In their country, they talk, they talk, they talk. If I kick that toupee off your head, if I kick that raggedy rug off your head, you better behave yourself, old man. It was really infuriating because I'm not going to just sit there like the way that all the other people were sitting there in the hair salon section, just ignoring the thing. And then what really got me vexed now. So obviously the the lad having his hair cut and the barber, they can all go suck their mothers, their pricks. But what really annoyed me was that now the hairdresser that wasn't doing my hair turned to me and goes, oh, babe, you've got to learn to let things go. You've just got to let it go over your head. You know, you can't take these things personally. They say so many you've you've you you're clearly new here because he says so many wild things all of the time you know before we used to jump in and say stuff but now you just have to let them talk and I'm don't infantilize me do not ever undermine me I said what I said you will not now come and tell me what I should be doing with my energy and what I should be saying I felt to speak in that moment so I spoke in that moment don't try and tell me where I should be speaking please you know and that's a public service announcement for all black women mind your business if you're not looking to back the thing, shut the fuck up and let me do what I'm doing don't come and tell me and police my reactions to things because I care about the fact that this kind of narrative needs to be nipped in the bud right now a lot of these things are spread in barbershops and hair salons and places where people commune to do things and beautify and whatever, whatever. This is where people spread bullshit like this. And I will not allow it, allow for it to be spread about 
groups of people that are then going to be in danger because of the narratives that you guys are weaving about them. I won't stand for it. I'm not going to stand by and be complicit in the fuckery. I'm not doing that. That's not what I came to this earth to do. I'm not joining you in that bullshit. So I feel like she gets a partial straw because don't, don't, don't talk down to me, please. Don't behave yourself, behave yourself. I'm not the one pattern up. I'm not the one. I'm not the one. So yeah, it's just been lots of bullshit around this whole Corona thing. And those who um, know people who are affected by it, I'm very sorry. Like I'm wishing you all well. And those who are affected by it in terms of the way that people are behaving, the racist way that people are behaving, I'm so sorry for that too. And fuck all of these motherfuckers in it. So that's really what I wanted to say for this week. Um, I think Lev's actually fallen asleep. Wow. He was very present throughout this whole podcast, but this is the reality of my life now. And you know, you guys, you have to roll with me on that. So anyway, baby boys, baby girls, baby non-binaries. Um, I've enjoyed chatting with you today. Like I said, look out for Thursday on BBC iPlayer. And I think on BBC when uh, After Noughts and Crosses has been shown. Just took out for a little bit from me. Let's see what that is. Check it out. I appreciate you listening week after week to all of my rantings and my musings and my random singing. I appreciate you all. And yeah, follow me on at Kolechnikov or at Say Your Mind Pod, hashtag Say Your Mind Pod. And let me know how you're getting on, how you got on with the tarot, how you're getting on with all of the bits. I appreciate ya. So yes, I have been Kolechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. I am off to bed. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. So sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are gonna sip it here. Hard time scrolling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.